Good evening, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Listen to These Nerds. Tonight, we're going to be playing more Heroes of Pacific City, and my name's Chris, and I will be the Game Master for tonight. And starting at the top of the chat channel and going downwards for our players, we have... Uh, hello, my name is Harry. I'll be playing Seishin, a.k.a. Gene Dory. Hi, I'm Joe. I'm going to be playing Brandon Hart, a.k.a. Mr. Medium. Hi, I'm John. I'm going to be playing Epimetheus slash Delphi uh, slash Cassandra, who are all the same character. Uh, hi, my name is Sam. I'll be playing Cassila, better known as Cassila. And I'm Jonathan, and I'll be playing Evelyn Kinglet, a.k.a. the Pelicanetic. All right. So last time we left off, I believe you guys had, after dealing with a whole bunch of demons in the sewers... You were able to gather up a couple spoils, including some sort of orb of demonic power, as well as the unconscious bodies of two of the lieutenants that you guys fought. And you headed out, uh, had a bit more conversation with some of the folks involved with the event, including one person named Lee, who was uh, connected to Sation after Sation saved their life during a previous adventure. And you also re-encountered the demon Ty, who was very distraught because you guys pretty much uh, literally killed his ticket home. And uh, not only that, but his position is now entirely compromised. So um, Carsonon decided to talk with him one-on-one, -on -one, while the rest of you uh, decided to talk a bit more about what to do next. After some more investigations and some more developments involving uh, figuring out how to properly incarcerate demons using, uh, once again, the talents of Brian the Beyonder, you've decided that you are are maybe a little bit more prepared to deal with these things, and you now have a device that tracks magical signatures in Pacific City. But soon after completing this device, uh, I believe Epimethea, along with Nat, realized that there were a bunch of signatures heading uh, towards one place in particular. Nat went onto the scanners and uh, found out that something was going on at the underground fighting ring where all of you had known one of the underground superhuman leagues to be going on under the direction of one Mr. Marino. So, so sorry, just Harry? for clarification, because it's been a while and I might not remember. Why weren't we able to shut down this fighting ring? Was it just simply because we didn't feel we had the resources to go up against Marino directly? Or what was the deal there? Also, was it, uh, when did we find out about this fighting ring? Because the last fighting ring we know about was in a building that got eaten. Yeah. Um, I, oh, Mr. Medium my... knows. Mr. Medium definitely knows about it, and he would have yeah. told you. So Yeah, I, it's my understanding that this is public knowledge to the team. You guys haven't shut it down because... It's not causing major problems for you guys right now, and you and again, you don't have the resources or the you know the initiative to take on Marino directly and try to destroy one of his major operations. I, 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 yeah, a lot of it I think comes down to like like part of Mr. Medium's thing is he wants to shut it down, but I assume Marino not only is like not openly the owner in the sense that like you can't prove he owns it. Um, hmm. If you think about it, the league is full of superpower essentially superpowered individuals right yeah so and it, so if we want it if we want to take it down we need to not only take down marino but we need to be have a contingency plan for when marino says okay what bring out the 30 guys who have snake arms and fight all mm -hmm. of them right so. yeah. then we just release the rats into the arena and then the snakes get confused and try and eat the rats mm-hmm mm. All right, I will mark that down for Twin Python's weaknesses. <laughs> but uh, for now, 
Yes, I will say that you guys do know about it, but um, due to, for one reason or another, you're biding your time until you feel more confident about being able to take it down in one decisive movement, because otherwise you would be declaring a war on Marino and his operations. All right. But I will say that, yes, um, Epimethea, you and Nat just realized that the new building that they're operating out of is under attack. Well, um, I mean, this would probably be a really good... One, we we do need to stop whatever demonic thing is happening. But two, this is also probably a good time to gather a bunch of dirt on Marino. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, you go fight the demon. I'm going to go root through this office. <laughs> All right, at the moment, I believe it's just you and Nat in the base, and the others are out and about doing one thing or another. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, yeah, the uh, Cassandra hits the all-call button, and, like, uh, we'll basically just call everyone to, like, head to the head to that location. Okay, so everybody else, whatever you may be doing at the time, you receive a an emergency uh, call from Epimethea. If I remember correctly, I think Sation and Casilla were going on patrol to see if they could track them down the old-fashioned way. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, we will just, you know, be like, oh, guess that's over and sort of start looping back around to where the uh, the fighting leak or the location is. Mm. Okay. And I will say that one way or another, all of you uh, quickly, you know, uh, gather up your things and um, you know, with all due haste, proceed directly to the building where the league is going on. Just a sec. Um, Seishin, mm-hmm. um, does, I guess this is kind of a question for everybody, but, uh, does the, uh, the, the um, the group have, like, a, uh, a rule book or something that, um, like, uh, you guys have for the base, kind of like a general guide of what, what you guys are allowed to do or not allowed to do? Not rules really. Regulation? It, it's kind of more of, like, oh, Oh, you know, it's it was kind of more or less built off of everybody I like working on kind of the honor system, but that also is kind of assuming our particular like levels of education and familiarity with stuff. So I imagine on patrol, like Jean is just going to be like, okay, she takes things very literally. She doesn't handle hypothetical questions very well. She's clearly grew up somewhere that was like pretty isolated and off the grid. So I imagine it's a lot of Jean sort of like on the way over or station on the way over, sort of filling you in about various things that. Uh, like, okay, don't bring mysterious devices into the base if someone just hands them to you. If it's like fan mail or anything like that, tell them to put it in the fan mail slot that's in the museum. Uh, yeah, and, and you can see that like Casila has been like writing this stuff down pretty obsessively. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, like, if you ask her about like why, she'll say that like um, the last time when she was in the base and she fell asleep during the meeting and, and Mr. Medium chastised her, she was like, ever since then, she's been like, oh, I guess like since like the last little couple, she's been like really worried about like her place. Like, oh my God, I hope they do not kick me off the team. I do not <laughs> want to fall asleep again. Okay, I must find out every rule and regulation. To make Feel sure like that gets I addicted do... to coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I assume that like Station, do, do you like introduce Casila to like like uh, the Starbucks or whatever that, that that you guys have in in Pacific City? Ah. Uh... I'm trying to think, because, like, I'm trying to think, like, oh, why would I give Casilla coffee, considering that she doesn't seem to have um, any... Oh, right, yeah. Um, I'll just say, like, look, I realize that sometimes those meetings aren't exactly full of, like, punch, punch, pow, pow. 
Uh, he'll actually teach you a trick that he used, which is if you try and keep your one of your legs off, like you basically try and uh, keep your leg off of the floor for uh, one of your legs off the floor for as long as you can. It's just really a trick to like be like, okay, you're concentrating on something, and therefore you're less likely to fall asleep. Is that an actual trick that you knew? Uh, kind yep. of. That's really cool. I didn't know that one. It's yeah, yeah. People use it in real life. It is a trick to stay awake during otherwise boring classes and meetings and stuff. Um, well, yeah. Then, then Casila will sort of like write that one down too. Yeah. And mm. yeah, she she is like, like she's you, you can tell that she she's got like a uh, an energy drink, but you you don't know like from where. <laughs> it's got like Thai writing on it. It's like where did yeah, you find this? <laughs> oh, they they sold these back home. Very strong. And she'll offer you a sip. I am going to take a very small sip. Uh, and you're gonna like like from the corners of your eyes. You're just gonna start seeing shit like the Hypno Toad from fucking Futurama, just like. Oh God! Oh, I'm fairly certain that's illegal in this country. Oh, geez. it is. I had to ask him to keep it, uh, you know, off of the uh, official card. Okay. Um. All right. Keep those out of sight and uh, try not to be too reliant on them. I've seen people come down from caffeine withdrawals, and I—that's not pretty. I don't want to see what happens when you with come withdraw with that. Yes, not way. I know what happens if you drink more than two. It's not pretty. <laughs> I am not ready for that level of power. <laughs> You drink two of them and your skeleton becomes so agitated that it just walks out of your body. I have not officially gotten to that level of power yet. <laughs> and, and then, like, like Grandmaster Yeshi, like, comes by and you can just see her, like, slamming them back. <laughs> she, she, like, pops open a six-pack at once and just drowns them. Yeah, and there is almost no noticeable difference in her energy level. <laughs> you don't understand, student. If I stop drinking these, I will die. Or I would if I could actually die. Yeah, I'll yeah, just that, wish that, I that's, that's her best attempt, exactly. <laughs> I wish I was dead even more than I already do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, basically, um, yeah. So with that, all of you are proceeding to the location uh, mentioned. Yeah. What is this place, anyways? Um, I will say that um, it looks kind of like um, I'll say that it's built out of the back of a nightclub, more or less, or like in the basement, so to speak, where um, it's not like particularly an upscale kind of nightclub. It's, you know, kind of like a hole in the wall where people can go to dance and get drunk on a Saturday night and stuff like that. Wait, but, it's not the evening, though, right? Um, I will say that uh, it's it, at the time that it was going on, it was getting pretty close to the evening. It was like sunset around there. Yeah, okay. exactly. So, so is the nightclub open yet? Not yet, but it, even if it was or it wasn't, I will say that when you guys arrive, it makes no difference because, um, actually it looks like when you all arrive, whatever fight was going on is over now and you see down in the parking lot behind the nightclub it looks as though some sort of battle took place but you see the five members of the guild uh ensuring that the scene is uh you know contained there are a number of demons lying around completely unconscious uh like, one of them looks as though that he was thrown right through a brick wall and is covered in, like, dust and stuff like that. Another one, uh, their hide is just filled with what appear to be crossbow bolts. 
And there's one enormous guy, like you're guessing standing up, the dude's maybe about like anywhere between 10 to 11 feet tall, just covered in this sort of black, almost dark purple, uh, sort of thick hide and chitinous armor seems to be just built into him. And he is bound to the ground by a bunch of luminous glowing red chains. And standing next to him is the beacon from the guild, the woman who looks kind of like a priestess of some strange religion with a blindfold over her eyes. And she's just holding out her hands that are glowing with that same red energy. And off in the distance, you guys can hear uh, the sounds of police sirens that are gradually getting closer. Hmm. Uh, always trying to invade nightclubs. Yeah, I, I say that we stay, like, on a rooftop and just kind of watch. Okay. Because, like, again, this is the, the, we don't want to get in a fight with these guys. When the cops show up, like, we don't um like we don't necessarily have anything to do with this but it is it's gonna be we do kind of want to know what the fallout is right yeah uh I'm, I'm good with that i'm also going to radio back to control and uh mm. be like hey control out of curiosity yeah. um those contact those uh demons you detected around the location that we're at right now uh, are there any more of them, or have they all kind of stopped moving? Give me one moment. Uh, this device is not precise. I can't determine exact locations, but I can get a rough idea of where they are within roughly 100 feet or so, I'm guessing. I okay, don't so it's see... not like, it's more, they're not it's like, like a, a heat map? Yeah. So it's, it's, like... not as, it's not as though I can pick out their exact location within one or two feet. Okay, so yeah, not pings, but heat, basically. Yes, exactly. All right. I am, um, sorry, go ahead. So, looking at the scanner, there are no other signatures within a good distance. I believe that everything of magical power within the area is located at that one location. Curiosity, are you able to detect um, the, because the, we know the guilds here, are you able to detect their presence? Yes, I do detect, in addition to the signatures, yes, all of the signatures that are present, there are a good number of them. I'm sensing roughly 13 to 14 individual signatures at your location, not including uh, your team. Okay, so you said there were five, you said there were how many demon, um, I guess, corpses are there, or bodies? Looking around, uh, they're all, like, unconscious. Uh, you don't know how many of them were demons, like, you know, that came over here, uh, and how many of them are people that were corrupted. Mm. But, yeah, so like, pure demons versus the possessed, or whatever. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, as Nat's talking to you a little bit, you do the math in your head, given the five members of the guild, you're guessing they're about, like, nine or so demons, and picking out the individual uh, number them on the ground, uh, the math adds up. It looks like everybody is accounted for and present. Alright, uh, so yeah, I will be like, so at least according to Nat's, our magical doohickey that we're borrowing, uh, mm -hmm. everything so far seems accounted for. Nine of those guys and the five members of the guild over there. I say we just sit back and uh, see what happens. No reason to get into a tussle for no reason. Hmm. Yeah. At this. See how they deal with this sort of thing. Yeah, at this, Carsonon speaks up. I don't believe we're hostile with them right now. Even if we show up and say anything, you honestly think we'd get into a fight? Let's just see I've got to... And you see Mr. Mini like, cracking his knuckles. I got a score to settle, especially if Marino's involved. Yeah, there's also the bigger politics here, right? Uh, if we just show up, you know, 20 minutes after one of Marino's big joints get rolled, that might not give him the most flattering view of us. 
I mean, I don't really give a shit what the guy thinks, but I am pretty curious to see how the guild handles these matters. Hey, I worked really hard to broker us a, a <laughs> temporary peace deal just a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you forgot about that. Uh, I get the feeling he's still kind of touchy. Feel free to go All down right. there, but if I get too close, some people are going on a bit of a rampage. Okay, take All it right. away, buddy. <laughs> okay, let's hang back and see how this unfolds. And I will say that maybe about 30 seconds after this conversation comes to a stop, um, the police sirens become blaringly loud and a whole bunch of cop cars pull up. And, you know, cops come out, you know, guns drawn and stuff. They assess the situation, and soon enough, the guild is able to... It looks as though, you know, the guild is telling them what's going on, and so the cops are now securing the scene, looking into stuff. And more vehicles begin showing up, and they have the emblem of the Magi Foundation on the side. And uh, employees start hopping out. They've got, like, uh, gurneys with huge straps on them that seem to have like if you peer closely enough there's something glowing along the straps as though they've been runically enchanted and so yeah the guild just begins grabbing uh demons and hoisting them up onto the gurneys uh two members of the guild one of them being uh chimera that sort of big humanoid guy it's impossible to tell if he's an altered human or if he was human to begin with uh just covered in like scales and fur like a whole bunch of different species mashed together as well as Artificer, who looks like just this enormous sort of clay golem type thing. The two of them work together, and they hoist up the enormous, like, ten-footer demon and, like, basically slap him down onto this huge gurney that goes into the back of, like, this almost moving van-sized vehicle. You gotta, like, pivot him in like a couch. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, actually, I'm gonna say that's what happens. The two of them are pulling the gurney in. Uh, Artificer is the one backing up, and then suddenly, like, there is a visible bump against the side of the van. Chimera is waving at Artificer. Artificer's, like, holding his hands up as if to say sorry, and he hurriedly, like, moves the gur- Yeah, the gurney so that it goes in a bit easier. Um, hmm. Okay, so does it look like they're actually talking? Like, so the people from the uh, the nightclub are they actually out there, or have they like kind of gone back in now and just the ma the the cops from the Magi Foundation are dealing with it? Um, you go out to the front of the building. It looks like all the people who were inside the nightclub, like just normal patrons, maybe getting there a bit early. Uh, they're outside, like, they're talking to each other, looking at the police cordon being set up. You know, some of them have their phones out and are recording stuff. Any of them nobody. look like obvious Merino uh, men? Yeah, like, is there anyone who's coordinating, who's, like, wearing, like, a nice suit or, like, clearly looks like they work at the bar? Or is it just, like, the all the people outside are just looky-loos and then whoever runs the bar is probably in the bar? Actually, yeah, I'm gonna say that you guys are taking a look. And you do see um, a couple of guys that are, you know, maybe dressed a little bit better. Like, maybe, you know, they are the front of house manager for the nightclub who, you know, calls the boss if anything weird's going on. And there is one fellow who's dressed like that. And a black vehicle pulls up to the curb nearby. The guy looks over and two people step out of the back. You've encountered these two people before who step out. They are two of Marino's made men or women in their case, war and peace. So just to double check, uh, John, uh, could I ask you to give a description of these two for the sake of folks as a reminder? Right, so Madame War uh, looks like some sort of army veteran. Uh, uh, she is tall, well-built, uh, wearing combat fatigues and body armor. Um, uh, assuming that she is has not activated her powers yet, she will be um, currently uh, 
alone other than her partner who is uh mrs peace um <laughs> is a fairly average looking woman in a uh like business suit okay um, uh there's nothing that really stands out about her um but yeah all right so basically i'm gonna say that or looks as though she's come back from like her fifth tour and Peace looks like uh, she's just finished selling this really nice house to this really lovely family as a real estate so, agent. So one of them is, okay. Oh, sorry. For a thing, when you said fifth tour, I'm like, is she like tired or? <laughs> <laughs> the tour of the house, you see. It was very exhausting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, uh, Seisha's just going to be like, oh, well, there's a couple of familiar faces. Mr. Medium is holding on to the top of the, like, the, the lip of the building. Just like. He's, he's beginning to crack under his, uh, as he's like gripping. Yep. Easy. So we'll have an opportunity soon, but now's not the time. So yeah, it looks like War and Peace talk to the guy outside the building. Then the two of them head towards the back parking lot, going through the side alley. Uh, they see everything going on. They go up, talk to the guild for a little bit. There, you see that the person who's been taking charge of talking to the police officers and. Uh, War and Peace in this circumstance seems to be Witchbane, who was uh, the woman who looks as though she's dressed up kind of like on Helsing or something like that. Mm. And so the three of that... Hmm. By, by Helsing, you mean she's got like a big cloak and hat or something? Yeah, like... Uh, oh, oh, like, like a vampire hunter. Hat, leather cloak. A, yeah, she looks like a vampire hunter. Yeah, and a Puritan-ish, got... kind of, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, a lot of like... Well, I'm sure like crucifixes and shit too, right? Yeah. Yep, basically she's got, uh, like, a tool belt full of, like, imagine if Batman was a monster hunter instead of a vigilante. She's got a whole bunch of things like that on her belt, as well as a pair of hand crossbows that are belted to her uh, waist as well. And a pair of what appear to be, like, goggles with green lenses on them as well over her eyes. Interesting. But, yeah. And it um... looks as though she is talking to Peace, and the two of them are having a... Well, a very um, intense conversation um, with uh, Witchbane looking like body language, very direct, very no nonsense. Peace looking very friendly, very, you know, animated in a positive way. Uh, yeah, it just seems like a, an interesting conversation. But uh, after about a minute or so, they both seem to understand each other. Uh, question before we completely move on. Uh, uh -huh. Once we see that they start talking to each other, uh, Sation's just gonna, like, be like, hey, don't we have some ability to, like, listen in on conversations from afar? I kind of look over to, um, uh, Epimethea, and then look <laughs> over, and then look over to Carcedon, and make, like, a go-ahead motion. Uh, okay, so, yeah, uh, Carcedon... I don't really have anything that can uh, hack into frequencies and stuff. I believe that sort of thing is... Uh... So it's like a listening device? You don't have a directional mic? Uh, wait. So wait, John, does Epimethea have a directional mic as part of the... Like, do you have a surveillance package or whatever? Uh, I don't believe uh, that's actually part of my... Hold on, let me look at my abilities. Because um, if not, Gene has something he can possibly try, but he's not sure because he's never really had to use it before. Uh, no. Uh, I don't have, uh, super senses as an enemy. Okay. Alright. Uh, yeah, and Carcinon, uh, it's, uh, on the shopping list for, uh, things to add to my arsenal. 
Okay, let me try something. So, Gene, knowing that um, Kiai has a fairly good acute sense of sight, uh, starting to wonder if maybe he also maybe it also has an acute sense of hearing. So, I'm going to use my uh, spirit senses ability, and don't really have anything that will do that. So, we'll do a D4 and mm. another D8, and he's going to attempt to try and using Kiai's superior senses try and listen in on this conversation. Okay. Uh, and that is a four altogether. So, okay. Is that a success with a minor twist or a major twist? Minor. Minor, okay. Uh, all right. So I will say that you go, like, yeah, Kiai uh, hovers down into, like, the space between the two, the uh, directly next to the building you're standing on, uh, sort of hovering, uh, yeah, as close as possible without being noticed, and you start to pick up on a few things. So you hear Witchbane, her voice comes in first. Um, not our fault that uh, this was going on. If you, In all honesty, you should have been watching your property a little bit more closely. Otherwise, this may not have happened in the first place. And yeah, then you hear Peace come in. Okay. Uh, hey, uh, what, we're not saying, that, uh, we're not trying to point fingers at anybody here. If anything, we'd like to thank you for looking into this issue and ensuring that our clientele are, well, no longer compromised, as it were. But, uh, yeah, maybe next time, if you figure out, like, something like this is going on, maybe you can sort of give us a heads up instead of going in here with guns blazing. Otherwise, it looks awkward for everybody. So, uh, you know, just uh, something to keep in mind for next time, okay? And uh, Witchbane just uh, doesn't bother to nod as she turns away. Oh, and then you hear peace. Oh, also, by the way... I've been meaning to ask, and she points over uh, towards the rest of the guild. One of those members of yours, uh, the egg guy with uh, all the animal parts, Chimera. Um, I feel like I've seen him somewhere before. Do you know? Um, I mean, has he been around here? Because, I mean, I'm pretty good with faces, and I'm going to say this as kindly as possible. Uh, he does have... A bit of a memorable kind of face. Witchbane just, again, looks back at her passively. If you want to know more, you could always talk to him yourself. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. And then as Witchbane nods, um, she looks past uh, Peace, almost directly at Kiai, and frowns. Her hand slowly going to her crossbow. All right. Uh... Wait, actually, can't Peace see Kiai because... That Jesus. depends. We never established if she was a spirit user or not. But I uh, thought she had, out of character. She... Yes, she is a spirit user. She can see Kiai. Oh, okay. Um, then. <laughs> I will say that her back is towards Kiai at this point. Mm. Unless, uh, yeah, unless you would like to <laughs> immediately pull out. Um. Yeah. So seeing that, like you know, Witchbane is going to react with violence. Um. Kiai will. Uh. Gene will pull Kiai back. And then basically okay. the way that Kiai um, exchanges the information with Gene is that he plugs, uh, that it plugs into Gene, and then effectively Gene remembers what that is. Okay. So yeah, Gene's like, huh, interesting. So looking they down don't seem below, to be on very friendly. Down, oh yeah, Looking go ahead, down Chris. below, uh, Witchbane has immediately turned around and is talking to the rest of the guild with large animated movements. Okay, good news? Maybe figured some, uh, learned some stuff. Bad news, probably made. <laughs> and now it looks like the members of the guild uh, are all, like, basically on alert and are looking around. 
Uh, Mr. Ian will move away from the edge of the building. Um, yep. Hmm. I mean, if they fly, that's not really going to help. And at this, Carson on <clears throat> to get back to the base. Come on. Yeah, Mr. Ian's going to pull away. Yeah, he's he, with, pointing at no one in particular. He's going to do the I'm watching you in just in the direction of <laughs> of the nightclub of, of the underground fighting league. And then he's going to r- run off. All right. So, yeah, uh, Gene will also like pull away and be like, all right, come on, Casino, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Casino will sort of like be like looking there, still nodding ahead, and then Gene will like like I assume like tug her shoulder and she'll be like, "Oh, yes, okay, let's go." Yeah. All right. So, uh, with that, all of you guys pull out, and in short order, as soon as possible, you are back at the base. Well, did manage to pick up something interesting from uh, Witchbane and Peace's conversation. Seems like um. Uh... I mentioned something about calling ahead next time something like this would happen, but the language is vague enough. I don't know if that means that the guild are aware of what's going on in that basement, or if it's more just, you know, Peace being the manager type. But one thing that was interesting is that Peace seemed to imply that they had seen Chimera before. And um, we know about, uh, out of character, we know about Twin Python's existence, yes? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of a stretch, but considering Twin Pythons, a guy with a bunch of animal powers potentially being linked to Marino before getting shanghaied by the guild is possible. Good and to know this... that they're not in cahoots! Okay, so at this, Carson on uh, his helmet off, he's going to go over to the board where he's drawn up, you know, a list of important people in Pacific City, and he's basically going to draw a line from the fighting ring to the guild, and... Uh, yeah, put Chimera over the line with a question mark. Yeah. Makes well, sense. assuming that that was the Destroyer guy, that would imply the only lieutenant left in the city is that elusive dude. Right. And so, yeah, Carsonon uh, draws a line from Krasarak the Destroyer over to the fighting ring and another question mark. Yeah. No guarantee that that's him, but uh, given the size of the thing that they took down and what looks like, you know, a super-powered fight in the back parking lot, I think that may be a safe assumption. Okay, so... Sorry, what was the, um... Did we ever get a title for the the one we fought in the sewers? I know we got a name, but we never got a title, did we? Nah, um... Uh, his name was Virgil, but we never got any sort of, like, epithet as, you know, the others have the Destroyer and the Elusive. Yeah, hmm. Because I'm trying to think if maybe, like, if Virgil's maybe something involving, you know, disease or pestilence, mm. him being in a sewer is kind of a thematic thing, right? And if uh, Razorak is a destroyer, that would imply, you know, maybe he went going for a big fight. Uh, unfortunately, you're saying, you're saying maybe we can use their epithets to predict where they're trying to infiltrate? I mean, possibly? I don't know. Like, I'm just huh. thinking it's kind of weird if we manage, I mean... First of all, we need to figure out what Virgil, if he ever had a title, was something. I mean, uh, Ty is crashing on my couch. I can talk to him once I get back. Yeah, ask him about it, because if he ends up being something like the gross or the the, the dirty, then mm. maybe the theming is a bit more, maybe their like, theming is a bit more important to them than we implied. Mm. Of course, that would still pick up the problem of what the hell does an elusive person do? Uh, good question. Um, maybe we can figure some stuff out, but, uh, yeah, I will, uh, yeah, that's something to ask him. Mm. Okay. 
Um, hey, Control, do you see any more uh, bogeys on radar, as it were? In regards to other individuals here in Pacific City? Well, uh, I any, mean, any more, more demons. Yeah. It's difficult to say. At the moment, I've been able to uh, rig the device so that it picks up uh, magical signatures, but there's no distinction in regards to what they like, what kind of energy they are, or how powerful this person is. Um, Wait, so we can't even tell if they're actually demons? It could just be like a bunch of wizards walking around? Unfortunately, there aren't many specifics. Uh, we have been putting together this device over the last few days, but there's still a there are still many more functions we need to unlock. All right, any big groupings then that we should be aware of? Hmm. They seem to be. I'm getting a lot of readings. And uh, just disregard the one over Brian the Beyonder's house. I think we can call that one safe. Right. And in addition, we have our location here. And all right. So nothing that stands out. There are signatures all over the city in various locations, but they may be other superpowered individual individuals with magical abilities, or they could be people uh, similar to War and Peace. There's no way of determining which ones may be demons and which ones may be ordinary people. But there aren't any clusters. Yeah, no big ones. Yeah, because we, we, like we're not worried about like one or two people. We're worried about like thirty in a in a like in a cluster, right? That one, I'm detecting a very large number of signatures coming from the Magi Foundation. Okay, well that one's kind of also a wash. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's good to know that whatever containment there. <clears throat> Uh, at this point, you know what, uh, uh, Mr. Mean is going to swap back to Brian, uh, or Brandon, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whoa! Everyone. <laughs> I was Mr. Medium the whole time! Um, <laughs> the prestige! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, so, yeah, Brandon's like, well, um, at very least, we know that the Magi Foundation cannot hide their creatures from us. <laughs> Well, for a certain definition of hide, God knows whether they're going to just bury these things in a holding cell somewhere in their basement. True. Yeah. Well, um, we'll have to keep that in mind, but for now, we're making progress, at least. Yeah. That's true. Well, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Pelicanetic, how's uh, your professor search going? Any word on this guy showing up somewhere? Oh, uh, I haven't really done anything with that for a few days. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks Thanks for asking. You know, interesting about the the, the signatures that you're reading around um, the Magi Foundation. It's got me thinking. I, I know that we're all being a little cagey about this whole thing. Maybe we could extend a, b a bit of an olive branch you know, pretend that we don't know anything about them, you know, capturing and retaining demons, but basically, like, say, hey, we're having some trouble with this. Like, got any leads? And see how much they're willing to give I up. I agree. That seems like a smart idea, since yeah. we do not tr fully trust them. Yeah, it, this would just be a way of testing that, right? Hmm. Now, do we tell them about the one in the sewer that we encountered, or do we leave that one, uh, you know, off the books, as it were? I think it might be more interesting to not say anything and see how much they know. Uh, see how much of their hand they're willing to show us before indicating we even have one of our own. Yes, exactly. Huh. Well, it's a solid plan. I'll give it that. Okay. Um, I'll add it to my to-do list. 
Yeah, uh, well, I mean, let's, let's you know, assuming nothing happens in the next, I don't know, eight hours, I'd kind of like to be getting home and getting to bed. Ugh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah no, I wouldn't do this until tomorrow. Hmm. All right, Business well, hours. yeah, it's a great idea. Sleep on it, see what you come up with in the morning. Uh, we'll figure out where to go from there. All right, all right, Casilla, come on, I'll, I'll take you home and I'll give you some more of those uh, pointers that you keep jotting down. Oh, very good. Would you like to watch a movie with me tonight. I have been told that there are many good things about this Home Alone 2, Lost oh. in New York. Oh, that one. Yeah, it's a holiday classic, but uh, I'm going to have to pass, unfortunately. I've got uh, some things to take care of. One day, I too hope to be lost. In New York. <laughs> no. Wait, wait, we established New York still exists, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, or at least it hasn't. We haven't. Yeah, we didn't rename it. I guess is the question. We no. Know it yet. No, we didn't. Remember, it exists and it has what? It may have the original. It might Statue have of the real statue. Of yeah, Liberty, the real Statue of Liberty. Sure. Yeah. Uh huh. All right. So yeah, uh, I will continue giving Casilla a few pointers about the things to do in the base. Again, it's mostly just like, all right. So if somebody like. Yeah, mostly it's just things like, hey, don't be asleep when we're having serious discussions. Do the trick I told you. Um, if you eat anything out of the fridge, uh, clean out the can and then put it in the recycling. Don't just leave it in the sink. And yeah, Carsonon chimes in. Also, if there's a label on the food with somebody's name, that means it's their food. Don't eat it. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, Gene will like, give you a, a couple pointers, uh, some more pointers as we're uh, heading back to your place. Okay, and there's something that I would like to ask. As the both of you are heading back to Casilla's place, Casilla, regarding you as a character, um, how much of a costume and a persona do you use to, to obscure your identity? Absolutely none. Casilla wears the same thing that she wears to battle, that she, she, she just goes home. You not even use, like, a domino mask or anything like that? No, no, no. She, 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 she doesn't doesn't wear like a, any sort of um, face uh, mask or anything. Okay, cool. Just just clarifying. Okay. All right. So yeah, uh, I will drop her off at um, at her house and then be like, all right, you know, stay safe, all that good stuff. And then uh, Gene's also gonna head home. Awesome. Okay. Well, he's gonna head to the base, get changed, and then you know, head home from there. Totally. And how about the rest of you guys? Are you going to do anything else in particular? Uh, nope. Nope, Mr. No. Medium's going to head back. Well, because we have no leads about the the creature. Oh, did... Uh, can you... Sorry, can refresh my memory. Uh, so I went to that place. Mm. And I went to that, that coffee shop that had the really good coffee. Yeah. And then I, uh, I got the surveillance from there, right? And that told me yeah. that it... Did, did I get an idea of what that person looked like? I don't remember. Uh, um, the demon in human form? Uh, yeah. You did see his human form. I will say that you also, like, looking back at the footage, the demon form was a bit blurry, but honestly, like, looking at the rough size and shape of it, you've been, like... You've oh, been I handed it off to Nat. That's what it was, right? Yeah, so I will say that before you head out, uh, Nat uh, shows you the footage. I was able to refine it as much as possible. It's not a perfect job. I can only do so much with technology, but here. And looking at the uh, demon before he transforms into a person, uh, Brandon, you realize that um, it is almost a dead ringer for the same one that was in the parking lot earlier tonight. Oh, okay. Well, that deals with that. 
Um, <laughs> and uh, but the Magi Foundation has them. All right, well, that might be something to hold on to, um, like in our back pocket, and be like, "Hey, did you know this guy can turn into a a human?" <clears throat> okay, it's good to know. Uh, hmm. All right. Well, yeah, Mr. Media. Since that lead's been kind of dealt with, and Mr. Medium's gonna just uh go home then. Okay. So uh, with that, uh, Mr. Medium, you head out. And so if no one else is going to do anything, then you all head back home. You uh, take care of things before going to bed. And soon enough, you all go to sleep. Time passes. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Tumblr at listentothesenerds.tumblr.com or on Twitter at LTTNCast. All our music is sourced from Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can email us at listen to these nerds at gmail.com.